So let's pick up in Malachi 3, verse 16. Then he says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened to them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and meditate on his name. Okay, what is this book of remembrance? Have you ever sang the old song in your church, When the Roll is Called Up? Now, we used to say yonder. That's not the real way to say it, but that's how we sing it in my church. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I think it's actually yonder. I learned that later on. But, but when the roll was called up yonder, I'll be there. And we sang that. Well, this is the roll call of the rapture. Now, you think, well, it just says book of remembrance, but I'm not through reading. Hang on. We're still in Malachi. I'm going to show you that this is the roll call of the rapture. Let me read it again. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord, who meditate on them day and night. You know what the next verse says? The next verse says, they shall be mine, says the Lord, on the day that I make them my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. All you got to do is fast forward to the parable of Jesus and now you're in the scene because Jesus prophesied about this very thing in one of his parables about a man sparing his son. So here we have the Lord saying a book of remembrance was written on the day that I make them my jewels. Now I'm not promoting the, the Bible code and you may think it's, you know, there's nothing in the Bible code, but you know, just junk. And that's okay if you think that, but I do find it interesting that in the Bible code, when you hear this phrase on the day, I will make them my jewels in the Bible code, it reads there the day of the rapture. It actually spells it out, the day of the rapture in the Bible code, which I think is, I find that quite interesting. Now, listen to this. He's not through talking. He just said the day of the book of remembrance was written for the day that he will spare his sons and make up his jewels. And he says in verse 18, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. How many of you know this is the rapture? He's saying, I'm going to spare my children from this earth. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to differentiate between those who serve God. God and those who don't serve God, I'm going to make a difference. So God is saying for everyone who fears my name. Now, this would be everyone who's called by his name. Fearing his name is about reference. It's not the word of being afraid of God. It means that you've referenced God. So everyone who's reverenced God, everyone who's called upon the name of the Lord, whether they're in the grave or, or alive on this earth, everybody's name that was found in the, in the Lamb's book of life. Okay, let me stop here for a second. Now, I, don't, I don't have any, any uh, thing on the screen for this, but let me explain something to you. The Bible talks about the book of life, and that is the book where you're judged out of. But here's what most people don't understand. There's a book of life for every person in this room. 
There's a book of life for me and my name. There's a book of life for Coach Phil. There's a book of life for Pastor Kevin. There's a book of life for Bishop Page. Every one of us has a book of life. But the only way to get into heaven is to be found in the Lamb's book of life. So at some point in time, the book of his life has to have an encounter with Christ where you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is understand that when at the great white throne judgment, he says he opened the book of life. And then he says he opened all the books and the people were judged, the dead and the living were judged out of the books. That is the book of our life. That means that everything you do, good or bad, is written down in the book of life. Well, I'm getting a little nervous, are you? You mean everything is there? Well, everything was there until you read the book of Colossians chapter 2, and it says that every ordinance that was against you, that when you come to Jesus Christ, that every ordinance that was against you is wiped away because it's been nailed to the cross. That means that everything you did bad is under the blood, and it's no longer in the book. It'll never be brought up. It's been cast as far as the east is from the west, so you're only going to get rewarded out out of your book of life. You're not going to get judged out of your book of life. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got to shout just a minute because I'm so glad some of that's gone. I'm just so glad. I, I, I have done a few things that I'm not very proud of, and I'm just so glad that all of that is gone from that book of life. But your name has to be in the Lamb's book of life in order for you to go to heaven. So, so here is the scene of Malachi where he's telling us about this book of remembrance that God is going to open as the roll call for those who have meditated on his word, those who've reverenced him, those who fear the name of the Lord, those who've served him. Well, what does the rapture look like then? Well, that's, Malachi doesn't understand what we're going to find out from the Apostle Paul. But when you get to the New Testament, he's going to give you more enlightenment. He's going to say, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's what the apostle Paul said. Malachi didn't understand that part. Malachi just said there's a book being written on the day that he's going to make them his jewels. There's a book being written. Malachi said, I don't understand this, but Lord, you said write it. What day are you going to make them your jewels? What day are you going to separate the wicked from the righteous? What day are you going to spare them as a man spares his own son? And that would have been great all by itself, but the apostle Paul doesn't leave us hanging there. He says it again. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Hallelujah. And if you read the next verse it'll say then it will be brought about the saying oh death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory hallelujah because it's been swallowed up in the victory of the Lord. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world. 
So he tells us that this great moment is going to happen where saints of God on this earth are going to rise. The dead in Christ are going to rise. I know that some people will tell you, well, the rapture is going to take place at the end of the tribulation. Well, there's a problem with the second coming passages. Not one of the second coming passages mention a resurrection. Only the rapture passages mention a resurrection. The rapture is when the church goes up. The second coming is when the church comes back down. In the rapture, we go up to meet him in the clouds. In the second coming, we come back in a white garment on a white horse. How are you going to come back on a horse with a white garment if the rapture have, are you, is this the big U-turn at the, in the sky? Do we just get caught up and we change clothes real fast and come right back down? No. The rapture is going to precede the, the, the seven years of tribulation and we're going to go up to the marriage supper of the Lamb to the beam of judgment seat of Christ. I'll, I'll give you another proof for that. It can't be at the end because the 24 elders that John saw already had their crowns. How did they get their crowns if there's been no beam of judgment seat of Christ? They had to go up to heaven and get their crowns before they could cast them at his feet. And this is all before Revelation 19 when we come back with the Lord in Revelation 19. So the elders have already received their crowns. The saints have already received their robes. And we come back with the Lord at the second coming of Christ. So he tells us that we have to fight the good fight until the end. And then he says that right before the end, the climate of the church is going to change. The climate of the church is going to change. Right before these days, Malachi is still writing, and he says, now remember, he's calling Christians because he's a Jewish prophet. He has no reference of the cross yet. He has no reference of Christianity yet. They are not calling it the church, the called out ones. They're not calling them Christians as they started calling them in Antioch. He has no reference of that. So he's calling the redeemed those who fear the Lord. All right, so that's how he wrote. Those who fear the Lord, he wrote their name down. He's going to call their names on the day that he makes them his jewels and spares some, spares one as, he, as a father spares his son and differentiates between the, the righteous and the wicked. So then he says, but right before the Lord's return, something else is going to happen. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness is going to arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Now, let me just stop here and preach for a second because I'm in a place that understands what a stall-fed calf is. I preach some places and they have no idea what that means, but if you've ever had a stall-fed calf, you know that calf wants for nothing. You bring him his water. You bring him his hay. You muck the you muck the stall and give him clean up his environment. You bring him some corn to chew on, and you you rub down that calf. You bring in the vet. I mean that calf is just sitting there, and you're doing everything for him. The Lord says, right before the coming of the Lord, the Son of Righteousness is going to rise one more time with healing in his wings right before the coming of the Lord. 
God's got a secret. I talked about it yesterday. God's got a plan. The son of righteousness, right before the roll call of the rapture, the son of righteousness is going to rise with healing in his wings. And when he comes for a church, we came in through an upper room and we're about to go out through an upper room. The glory of the Lord is coming to the body of Christ. The son of righteousness is going to rise. There's healing in his wings, signs and wonders are coming back to the body of Christ. And when we leave, we're going to go out like a stall-fed calf. God said, I'm going to give you everything you need. You need money, I'm going to give it to you. You need resources, I'm going to give it to you. You need a new building, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to transfer the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. I'm going to give you whatever. You want to plant a church, I'm going to give it to you. You need a new music man, I'm going to send it to you. Or a music woman, you need a new pastor I'm going to give it to you you need to branch out your ministry I'm going to give it to you when I return you're not going to be hiding in a corner fearing the government you're not going to be hiding in the corner blasting people on Facebook like a wimp you're not going to be no he's coming for an army he's coming for a church that is on its feet and ready for the coming of the Lord he's coming for those who are watching and waiting he's coming we are strong don't you discount the church we're not a weak group we've never been a weak group they've tried to kill us they tried to put us in prison we keep showing up we keep having prayer meetings you take the church we'll meet somewhere else if we've got to worship God in the middle of a cornfield we are not going anywhere until he comes he's coming for a bride he's coming for an army and we have to be ready are you ready for the rapture Are you ready for revival? Are you ready for the glory of God to come down to your house? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, he tells us something else to give us a reference point. The son of righteousness is going to rise with healing in his wings. You're going to go out. Everybody say, go out. See, he didn't have to say that, but he did. You're going to go out. Say it one more time. Go out. You're going to go out. Like a fat, grow fat like a stall-fed calf. And then he says, don't forget this. Remember. Everybody say remember. remember. He's saying, you know, if you forget this, you're going to think I can't do anything. If you're going to get this, you're going to think the government's in charge. If you, if you forget this, you're going to think the liberals have won. If you forget this, you're going to think the council culture can cancel you. They might cancel you, but they can't stop you. The Lord is going to raise up. Anyway, let's go. I want to get back on my scripture. I don't want to get hung up on that. Look at this. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I committed him at Horeb. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Lord. Is this another mistake in my Bible? I saw that S-U-N earlier. Is this a, did Malachi know what he was writing here? We all know the law didn't come at Horeb. The law came at Sinai. But all you have to do is look on your map, and you'll find out it's the same mountain. On one side, it's Horeb. On the other side, it's Sinai, which means this, that the Lord appeared. So he wants you to remember the two events where God came down. The first time he came down on Horeb to Moses. What happened there? A bush 
a burning bush was burning, and the Lord gave him all the directions he needed. He gave him direction. Maybe the Lord's going to show up in your life as a, in a miracle form and give you clarity. Maybe God's going to get you unstuck, not from a book, not from a coach, not from a consultant. I love all those, and I've written all those, and I am all those, so I'm not against any of that. But maybe the Lord is going to show up supernaturally, and he's going to give you direction like he did Moses. He said, remember, everybody say remember. He said, remember Horeb, when I came down and that bush looked like it was burning, but it was my presence and Moses heard my voice. Remember Sinai, when I came down and I set the top of that mountain on fire and I came down in a mighty cloud and set that mountain. Remember that God can come down when God's ready to come down. He said, not only are you going to go out like a stall-fed calf, not only is the son of righteousness going to rise with healing in his wings, but you are about to see God come down. You're about to see God. Here we are back to the same thing we talked about yesterday. Guess what? Before the rapture, God is going to come down. The glory is coming. The glory is coming. The glory is coming. God's about to do something all by himself. God's about to do something you can't do and I can't do. God's about to do something a sermon can't do and a song can't do. God's about to do something a church can't do and a denomination can't do. God's about to come down all by himself and say, work with this because there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way to put the fire out on Horeb or the fire in Sinai. I've decided to come down and visit my people in a holy habitation. Oh, we're going to go out in glory. We're going to go out as stall-fed calves. We're going to go out with our needs being met. God's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we can't even contain. Okay, I talked about this yesterday, so I'm right back on it again from a different prophet. But he said, you know how you're going to recognize this moment when the glory comes? He said, behold, I'm going to send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great day of the dreadful day of the Lord. Now, he's, he's talking about John the Baptist here, but he's also talking about the right before the, uh, the, the Armageddon, right before the day that God comes down and judges the earth. He said, I'm going to send Elijah the prophet, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The Lord says, right before I come, I'm sending your children back home. Right before I come, I'm turning the hearts of the fathers back toward their children. Right before I come, I'm turning the children's hearts back to their fathers. Those kids that don't want anything to do with church anymore. Those kids that have sat in Sunday school, now they're sitting on a bar stool. Those kids that went away to college and never came back to church after that. Those kids that have wandered from, from their faith and they're out there. The seed is still in them. The anointed seed is still in them. But the Lord says, right before I return, I'm going to send. Can you imagine what will happen when the spirit of Elijah is set loose on this earth? Do you understand what that means? Do you know what it means when the spirit of a miracle worker is walking among us? The man who raised somebody from the dead, the man who called down fire on the, on the second, the man who stopped 
the rain. Can you imagine when the Lord says, oh, I'm sending the spirit of Elijah. That's a supernatural spirit. That's a manifestation spirit. Elijah just didn't talk about God. He, he did what the apostle Paul said. I do not come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I come in power and demonstration. Elijah came in power and demonstration. I believe that God is about to show up again and it's going to look like demonstration. God is about to show himself. God is about to take the cloak off of himself that keeps us from seeing his glory and he's about to show up and show out and show off and show us his glory. Hallelujah. God is getting ready to manifest himself in a way. That's what he did in Horeb. He manifested himself. That's what he did at Mount Sinai. He manifested himself and God is saying you won't have anything to say about what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up in the most unlikely places, in the most unlikely forms. Oh, when I think about that, my mind goes to when God showed up, when he cut covenant with Abraham. He showed up as an oven. He sh- Can you imagine God just coming out of your oven one day and talking to you? I mean, can you imagine such things? He showed up as a lamp. Can you imagine you turning the lamp on and God's face being there and he said, hey, I just thought I'd come and talk to you tonight. I don't know what it's going to look like, but what I know is we're going to see him. That's what I know. I don't know how he's going to show up, but what I do know is that we're going to see him. He's trying to give us a message. He is going to manifest himself the same way he did to Moses. He's going to manifest himself the same way he did to, to, to Elijah. He's going to come in all of his power. The glory is coming. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you and God bless you. And may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word.